0: a little deeper. Um, let me grab my Bible and we'll talk about, as he said, we'll talk about Peter. So let me just um, kind of give us a starting point. When you think of P- Peter, what do you guys think about? Think, just uh, thinking about him as the disciple or what he's done or been through?
1: I mean, you know, you don't want to put a, uh, a ranking, so to speak, on, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think he's disciple number one, you know? Uh, yeah. That's kind of how...
0: How will I look at it, yeah, definitely close to Jesus. Um, yeah, um, also was the guy who was a spokesman for the disciples. They looked to him to some leadership, mm-hmm. I think, and so he had that clout. But also, man, just as a guy who would stick his foot in his mouth a lot. Mm-hmm. I find myself I can relate to Peter a lot in a lot of ways. Um, would would oftentimes you know do something for you thought, thought, through. Okay, how does this how would this go? He's like I'm, you know, going to jump out of the boat or I'm going to say something that without thinking what it could really mean. And I found myself, I do that a lot. Like, I just, like, don't plan things out. It drives my wife crazy, um, which is always so good. She's a great planner. Um, and, and so I need her a lot. But, uh, but Peter's just, man, he's, he's going to jump out and do whatever it takes and he's going to be all in without sometimes thinking what that means. And, and one of the things that... that Rodney brings out in his book. I don't know. If, like they gave me a copy and it was it's great. And so I don't know what. They, but I would recommend it. I don't know if you guys read a lot. Um, like I said, I'm in mean, seminary. I have to read a lot. And so when they hand me this book, I'm like, it's the last thing I want right now is another book. One of us reads a lot. And his name is not Jerry. <laughs> and so uh, I'm, I'm with you. That I was that way for a long time, and, and now I because I have to, and um, doesn't always go well. Uh, this should, but, um, but it really is like is Rodney's. As you guys know, even more than I do, but great teacher, um, great mind, just the way he brings some things out of that book really well. Um, But he he talks about just the idea of how Peter, when he first has that encounter with Jesus and Jesus begins to call his disciples to himself, and and Peter's kind of looking and seeing what that looks like, he will, um, he's going to follow Jesus with everything he has, but then there's almost this kinda I wanna I wanna hear who God is, I wanna see who God is, who Jesus is, but I'm not really gonna give him everything. I w I wanna follow Christ as long as it benefits me. Um, and if I'm just honest, there's a lot of times I'm that way with Christ. I I wanna follow Jesus with everything I have. Um but I wanna make sure that we're going the direction I wanna go. I wanna make sure we're going where where I want where I think we need to be. In and Peter kinda of does that in in um, you have this whole journey through John and like the other Gospels sometimes put Peter in a little better light. John, I don't know if there was a beef there or what, but, but John's not afraid to call Peter out on on some of his mistakes he makes and bring that in like in the letter. I can just imagine like them in heaven and, and Peter goes to John like, well, did you really have to write it that way? Like, did you really have to put that in in your Gospels? But, um, but because of that, we get to see really who Peter is and what it looks like to follow him. But the idea is that we got to hear the word before we can really follow God effectively. So just the beginning, um, when when God begins to call his disciples in verse 35, uh, it says the next day John was standing with two of his disciples, and Rodney mentioned this just a few minutes ago. He said, look, uh, and look at Jesus, and he walked and said, behold, the Lamb of God. And the disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and said, "Who? what are you seeking? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher. And he said, come and um, well, you, and they said that by where you're staying, he you said, come and you will see. That idea of come and you will see is one of the, the. when I think about discipleship, right? when I think about us following Christ and us being a disciple of Christ, that picture of come and see is the the, the catalyst that starts everything else. Because what God wants from us is not just to follow, to, to, to follow Jesus and do it completely blindly. He wants us to come and see who he is what he does, what he, what he, how he changes lives, how he makes us more like him, and how he changes everything. And so he tells his disciples, like, come and see. And then one day they go back and say, wait a sec, we found the Messiah. They go from, who is this guy that, that John the Baptist is pointing us to, to they tell their brothers, we found the Messiah. Verse 40 says, one of the two heard John speak and followed. Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first found his own, his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter, which means rock. Um, and so Jesus from the very beginning says, uh, Hey, I see who you are. I know who you are. I know who you're going to be. You're going to be this rock who the foundation of the church is going to be built on. Your testimony of who I am. You're going to be the one to, to, to change everything for the gospel. Um and all Peter's doing is showing up saying, who is this guy? Come and see and, and Jesus changes the tra- tra- the trajectory of his entire life um, and it doesn't just stop there like you see this go back and forth uh, with who, who with who uh, Peter is and um, and so um, but he just says come and see, come and see who I am and, and he says the same thing to us. Um, come and see who I am and, and sometimes I struggle with, Um, thinking that I have all the answers for Christ. Uh, We do this thing with our teenagers. It's one of my favorite things we do, but sometimes it's terrifying. Um, But I ask our teenagers to come and ask any question you want, and we'll answer them from a biblical theological perspective. And teenagers have some really crazy questions sometimes. Um, And so we've done this for about a year and a half, and they'll come in and they'll ask questions about Black holes and original sin and why is this book in the Bible and who is this? Like it's all over the map, um, and it's a blast. But what I begin to break it down and boil down what we're talking about, what I tell them um, oftentimes is, um, what Jesus wants more than you having the right answers, is he wants to know that you have got the right heart. And the way we get the right heart is we just come and see who Christ is and see what what God wanted wants us to do. Not have to get everything right all the time, cause that's that's the question we have a lot of times. Just when it comes to fall, just what if I do this wrong? I um, said so you got a, a seven year old. Sometimes as parents, we have that right. What if as a parent, I'm messing everything up? Maybe, maybe I don't have that question. I have that question a lot with my well, kids. I'm sure, I'm doing it every day wrong. Yes. Oh, like I said all boys, all crazy. Um, all have way too much tubs in them. Um, and I just, like, thinking like, what, like, I'm supposed to be the expert, right? Expert Christian, expert, and I just think, like, man, what if I'm messing all of this up? And sometimes I do my faith. What if I'm messing all of this up? And what God reminds me through the story of Peter as we look at this idea of coming and hearing who God is and getting to know who God is, is that when Peter makes all of his mistakes and does all the things right, all of them, what Christ does in the middle of all of those things is he reveals and shows Peter that he knows who he is. He knows his heart, and what he cares about most of all from Peter is his heart. Um, my favorite stories of Peter is, is the stepping out of the boat. Um, and so you have this moment, right, where where Jesus is walking on the water, and he calls Peter to himself. And you know, Peter, first of all, asks, Jesus, if it's really you, let me come to you. Which, why wow, in the world would you ever want to do that? Does not make sense, but he just wants to be close to Jesus. I'm like, I've got a chance to do something no one else has ever done, and that's just Peter's mentality. Um, and so Peter gets out of the boat, begins to walk to Jesus, and you know the story. He begins to sink, and Jesus picks him up. But there's a moment in there where, as Jesus picks up Peter and puts him, like, is putting him back in the boat, and he says, "Hey, Peter, you have a little faith." And when I was little, I used to think, man, like he's, he's getting onto Peter in front of all his disciples, like all his friends, like he's telling me, like, like what's wrong with your faith, Peter? But as I begin to read that story more, one of the things that I notice is he's not telling all the other disciples it's Peter's faith. He's telling Peter, Hey, Peter, your faith was not big enough here. Like it started out strong, but you lost sight of the faith because you began with the waves and you lost sight of me and it began to sink. And just know that your faith is what caused you to sink. And grow your faith, and you begin to, to know me better. Like you did great. But your, your faith began to move focus. And he's not calling Peter out. What he's doing is helping Peter grow. He wants people to see how you, you get better next time. Because he knows Peter's heart was right. He wanted to be close to Jesus. And so next time, how do you get close to Jesus when, when the waves crash and everything? You don't let your faith fall. You don't take your eyes off Jesus. And so for me, when it, whether it's me trying to be a dad to point my, my kids to Jesus me trying to be a pastor, me just trying to be Jace, a disciple of Christ, when I make mistakes, and they happen a lot. Um, One of the things that the story of Peter shows me is that Jesus hears who I am and knows who I am, and when my heart is gonna be like him, he's gonna pick me up and love on me. When my heart's gonna be like I wanna be, and say Jesus is what I wanna do, he's gonna do a little correction, just like I do with my boys, right? and because what Jesus wants is not to us to do all the right thing all the time. What Jesus wants is our heart to be in tune with Him, and so that's part of the whole hearing who God is and coming and seeing who Jesus is, is that our heart will be in tune with who He is. Um, and so that's why that's what Christ wants. Uh, going on going on into um, uh, John chapter six, you have this this story um, where. Uh, jesus is having like these hard teachings and he's saying things that, that kind of driving people away and and then you get this kind of minute moment of almost vulnerability with jesus and, and peter where um disciples were turning away not to 12 but a lot of his other followers beginning to walk away and um so jesus said to the 12 said so you want to go away as well and, and peter answered, him, lord whom shall we go to you have the words of eternal life and we have believed and we have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered, did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet, one of them is, one is the devil. And so that goes into the whole Judas thing. But that idea of when Peter gets in, this in, in the words of heart and there's questions about who Christ is and what looks to follow him, um, in the middle of that, what Jesus says is, do you want to walk away? And Peter says, we don't have what else to go to. And, and we live in a world where it's easy to walk away, it's, and it's getting easier to walk away from the church and walk away from Jesus. It feels like there's a lot of just you know, you read the, the news, and people who are Christians are doing just dumb things, and pastors doing dumb things, and um, and people just walking away from the faith. And it, it you know, sometimes it's easy for us to think, Why do I even do this? Why do I, why am I involved in church? Why am I involved? With Christ and reading the Bible, why am I involved with who Christ wants me to be? And I think what our heart says is, where else do I go? Because a lot of places, when you begin to look at all the things that the world can offer, and it may seem good, it may be tempting. It all leads to death and destruction. And what what Peter realizes is, he hears who God is, and he sees who Jesus is, and what He's done. Peter realizes that you have the words of eternal life. You have what I need the most. Um, what I look for the most. Peter, wanted, Peter was wanting to follow Jesus and know who Jesus was, um, but in that and through that, uh, he had to to come to the realization of there's nothing else out there. And so, part of being abide, and part of us being connected to who God is, is that we would um, we would we would hear who God is. We would come and see who God is. But that would lead us to see that there's nothing else out there that we can be connected to that's going to give us life. Um, and we try it. I try it all the time. I try to find life in all things, kind of things that that lead to to meaningless um, aspects. But, but man, when i when we're tuned in to God, when we're connected with God. When we're abiding in who God is, um, the things of this world will will never hold um, to what what they promise. Um, I tell our teenagers. And I tell my own kids this that the world oftentimes will um, will promise things it can never deliver on. Um, and the reason that Jesus says come and see instead of just come and do uh, is because He delivers on His promises every time, and He always gives us what He wants. And so, when that struggle comes, that we need to hear who God is and trust who God is. We gotta we've got to believe in Him and see that He's good. In the last verse, uh, John chapter twenty one. And this is um, probably the most notable aspect of, of John, of Peter, and Jesus's uh, conversations. Um, but this is after Christ's resurrection, and you know the story of Peter, where Peter tells Jesus, "I'll never deny you," and Jesus says, "Yes, you will. By the time the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times." And um, you can imagine the anguish and the, the struggle that Peter kind of dealt with in the middle of all that. Um, and then, when Christ is resurrected, and he has this encounter with Peter on the beach, and it's, it's John 21, starting in verse 15, it says, When they finished breakfast, he said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you um, love me more than these? And he said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Be my lambs. And he said to him the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, Tend my sheep. And he said the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said, till the third time, do you love me? Like, can you imagine having to ask that same question over and over again, and, and, and he's like, "This is this struggle, like, you got, you, what else do I say? What else can I do? So, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus said, be my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you're young, you should dress yourself and wherever you want to, but when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you don't want to go. This is said to show what kind of death he was to have and to glorify God. And that's saying he said to him, follow me. Um, I often wonder, uh, and just ask you, do you sometimes wish you could know what the future holds? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be great, right? Uh, and so um, so think back to uh, high school, senior year high school. What, what, did, what did you think you wanted to be? Like, what, is, what are some things that are both similar, or that what you like this is that what you expected to be, or things that you did not expect to be between your senior high school and now? Does that make sense? Am I asking that question correctly? So, um, in high school, I played basketball, and I'll let you, I'll give you a chance to think. Cause I've that's a bit of I've had a chance to think through that question a lot because of this. So, um, I, I was, um, the other, I know it's called a ministry. Um, my kind of side gig. I thought for a long time I was going to be a basketball coach. Um, I was not very good at playing basketball, um, but but I thought, man, I, I would be a coach and be great. And so my my um, and I also want to be a high school like uh, history teacher because I love history. I'm not doing any one of those things now, except for you know I guess teaching history from the Bible, but um, and certainly not not coaching basketball. But like those are things I wanted, and so like I, that, I look back and think, man, that was um, yeah, I missed it there. No, it's not, but but I also want to be a pastor, and so I'm getting a chance to do that, and so I, I get that. But um, I also thought, you know, chance I'll be farming, I'm not doing that. Um, in a lot of ways, praise Jesus, I'm not doing that. But um, you know, I married my high school sweetheart, so there's a lot of these things that I have, but but things are not exactly how I told you some of my chaotic stories before, like things are not always turn out the way I want to do. So, what, you? what are some things like? This has worked really well. This is not so much what I expected, but maybe it's even better, but it's not what I anticipated. You having those, and if you don't want to share them, I totally understand.
1: No, I was going to be a lawyer. I understand I grew up in a town like the size of Bay. Yeah. Right? There were no attorneys, <laughs> what I saw on TV. Yeah. And I started working for a lawyer's office when I was in college and realized that's they're not in court all day. They know that that's not what I want to do yeah. at all. Uh, I was going to be an FBI agent. I guess I wasn't willing to. I mean, they tell me at the time, you know, hey, you've got to basically go Border Patrol or something like that. And I'm, you know,
0: yeah.
1: working border town, Texas, and in 2000. You're making twenty six thousand dollars a year, and I wouldn't want to yeah. do that either. So, yeah. so no. Uh, so, I guess I didn't know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Do, you know? And then for the longest, we were like, you know, we didn't want children. And then, yeah. you know. But our biggest blessing of our life, obviously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I never to do what I'm <laughs> the, doing now yeah. either, you know. But I mean, it's been, it's a great career path. And, you know, I'll be doing this till I retire. Yeah. So, it's yeah. been good. It just it took a while to get here. <laughs> uh, but.
0: Yeah, a lot of, probably a lot of detours along the way, like trying to, like, okay, yeah, it's not like the whole longer thing, like, yeah, this is not what I expected. Right. TV, TV makes it look a whole lot more glamorous well, than what funny, it is. you know,
1: he used to be a really good friend of mine. Uh, I've known him since I was in college, and I going to Little Rock, and then he, he ended up up here as well. And, uh, we used to hang out a lot, and then, you know, hey, life got yeah. in the way of a lot of things, and, you know, we kind of lost over We we saw him over the Christmas break, and uh, his son became an attorney, you know. I was practicing with him several years, and then he was like, yeah, Blake Blake's not practicing anymore. He took a job with the states. You know, I'm not kind of, I'm not surprised. You know, you yeah. watch his dad. I mean, Lord, he been I mean, a attorney since he was born. Yeah. And uh, you know, then I guess you know he followed that yeah. steps and maybe realized, hey, this could really quite it's what not, I was yeah. wanting to do. You know. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It was. So you were smart enough to not farm, okay? So they.
0: <laughs> well, that was you know going up like, when I was low, that's what, I mean, you, you. I, Farmer's kid, like there's always that expectation, and I, I loved it. Like I've been, I was on the farm when I was ten years old every day in the summer, you know, and so there was that expectation, and uh, and God had something different for me. And now looking back, like
1: there's a lot of reasons I don't want to farm, mm-hmm.
0: uh, but but ministry's the greatest thing, and so I just think you know, looking at that, like this this passage where where um, where Peter and Jesus had this, like Peter had certain expectations. Before before Christ, like that night before Christ was crucified, he had certain expectations. He said, I will never deny you. Uh, the same night when Jesus washing his feet, the, not just my feet, washed my whole body, like do whatever, like I, I'm, I'm all in. I'm never gonna leave you. And in a moment's notice, everything changed. And when Christ comes back and he has this kind of recommissioning service, where he, he reinstates and, and gives. Peter the chance to three times say, you know, I love you. At the very end of that, the whole idea of a buy to me comes down of this two word sentence where Jesus says, follow me. And what we tell Peter is, you don't always know what that looks like. And in fact he does, like, one day you're gonna be basically crucified, just like I am. You know what that looks like. But I can tell you that it's worth it and it's maybe scary and uh, intimidating and all those things. But it but it's worth it to follow me. Um, and so um, so when it comes to bad, and I don't I don't know your stories, I don't know what God even in this moment maybe kinda saying of this, but but there's always things that we try to hang on to. We try to tell God, No, I've got this, I can hold on to this and I'm good. Oh, God I'll never do that. I've never let let things go to that direction. But we become blinded because of our own abilities. What God would say in those moments is, follow me. Follow me. Come and walk with me, not with your own preconceived notions, not with what you think should happen or will happen, but follow me and see that I'm good and see that I'm God and see that I love you. And what he would tell Peter and tell us is that he loves us. He's got our back. He's going to pick us up when we're down. He's going to encourage us when we need it. He's going to correct us when we need it, um, all to make us look more like him that's the goal. So you want him. To be close to him so that the world sees our God and sees that he's who he says he is. So for us tonight, I just want to say let's let's learn to follow him better. And that's not just a one time with Peter. Like there's this whole conversation that goes throughout Jesus' entire ministry of of Peter kind of following Jesus but still almost keeping his distance. Like he's close to Jesus, but it's not until this moment that Peter changes everything, and so for as I just say, like let's let's constantly get better at following. Um, to my kids, often they don't mm-hmm. listen, which I understand. But just just follow what I do, what I tell you to do. And, and what I'm saying though is, is follow me because I know what's better. My my 11 year old, already at that point where he thinks he knows more than dad, and thinks he knows better than dad. Um, and so sometimes I had to remind him and show him, yeah, you're not as smart as you think you are. Um, had lunch with a senior, and I, then we'll, I'll tell this real quick, and we'll be done. Had lunch with a senior this week, and great kid, comes with a great family. Um, but he's at that stage, he knows more than Mom and Dad. And and he has much told him, so, uh, a few times in the last few months. And um, he's talking about fixing his truck on YouTube, it's like, yeah, there's a funny thing, you can gain a whole lot of knowledge. Like you've got more knowledge than putting your parents because you can look it up and they didn't have that access. And so But you know what? Knowledge is not everything. There's this thing called wisdom. And I promise you, EJ, you don't always have the wisdom you have. I promise you, AJ, my son, you may think you know it all. Wisdom comes from from walking and doing things a certain way for a long time. Wisdom when it comes to following Christ comes from us walking with him and following him, even when it's hard, even when it's scary, and saying, God, I trust you. I want to abide me close to you because I see that following you is worth it. And I think that's the story of Peter. And I think that's what God's calling us to. So pray for us, and then I will um, I'm here as long as you want to, but they tell me to try to get to about seven so that you get kids. I understand the sleep patterns. So let me pray for you so then will be done. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the story of Peter, the story of Jesus, um, and how it teaches us how we can abide and be close. So God, help us to hear your word. Help us to do what it says. Help us to walk close, not just with our actions, but God, with our heart so that we can follow you. And it's in Christ that we pray. Amen.